it's Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thanks for being here. I don't generally watch the news, but you can't get away from all the talk of the coronavirus. Either the media is whipping up panic or there's this huge divide between what I'm seeing in the cities and where I live in the country. What I want to talk about today is how it all looks from a modern animist perspective and give you some tips on how to handle it in a way that works with nature and through a sovereignty connection and oneness path. Be sure to stay to the end because I'm going to give you some natural ways to stay healthy during this time. But first, especially during a time like this when things are a bit frantic, let's pause to give gratitude to the elements. Acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for helping us to stay grounded when there are forces at play that want to put us in a place of fear and make us dependent. Acknowledge and give gratitude to the air for our creativity. May we find creative solutions to the anxieties that we face and also for intelligence so that we can discern the difference between what is actually logical and what is emotional. I also thank the air for reminding us to breathe. Breath is life. When things get tense, it's always good to remember to pause and breathe. I acknowledge the element of fire and give gratitude for our ability to follow through with common sense actions that will help us to keep living life in a meaningful, connected way while all this plays out. I acknowledge and give gratitude for water for reminding us to flow and not get frozen in fear. Life keeps moving and so must we. I give gratitude to all of you for tuning in, telling others, and for sending us your support. As a listener-supported enterprise, we rely on every penny that is donated, so thank you for your support. And if you'd like to donate, please hit the button on our website at www.pansociety.net or from the Podbean app. Thanks. All right, so who is in a panic over coronavirus? I have to admit that I am not. I live in the country. We have had a really mild winter but we have had winters where we get tons of snow, the power goes out, and we've been without power for eight days. So prepping for being without water, clear roads, phone service, and many of the things that modern city dwellers take for granted is just how we roll. We have to out here. You don't know when you're going to be stuck. I mean, you have to know where the natural water source is and how to get to it and how to purify it. You don't um, have to know which plants are edible and which are medicinal, but it certainly helps when you're half an hour away from a store with the basics and you're just too sick to get there. You can just go outside and pick what you need. Or if you're planned ahead, you can dry your tincture something last season and it's sitting there waiting for if you do need it. So let's look at what's going on here so we can learn from this and prepare for a better future. So keeping in mind that the last epidemic, the Spanish flu, was about a hundred years ago. So we may never need any of this again, but it helps to be prepared, right? When you have resources and knowledge, you're not worried. You just get ready because there's nothing to worry about. You can execute whatever you need to do to take care of business. So I don't know when the old prepper craze started, but in the Church of Latter-day Saints, Um, They've always said you have to have a year's worth of supplies on hand. If you go to their website, they'll even tell you how much of this, how much of that to have for the number of people that you have in your household. And now you see why. It's for times like this. If something happened and people stayed out of work, crops didn't get planted, food didn't get canned, and trucks 
then get driven to the stores, it could take a long time for supplies to catch up, especially if you're talking about something worldwide like this. So where are you going to be? People used to have months of food rations and other supplies stored up. They plan for the time of year and plan for times of scarcity. We take a lot for granted when we think that we can always just walk down the street and get what we want from the grocery store. It may not always be that way. And maybe you don't want it to be. Maybe you'd like to be more food and resource secure. You can do that becoming more of a producer than a consumer, which is a fantastic idea anyway. Maybe you learn how to grow and process chickens, so you're the chicken person. If your neighbor is a vegetable person, the two of you are in a position to trade. So you don't have to know how to do everything, just something. And maybe someone else is the sewing person, so you have someone who can make things. Or the auto repair person. So, so much of what we do now is outsourced to professionals. A lot of us don't even cook for ourselves anymore. When we become a society of consumers, we make our communities very weak. There's no sovereignty. We can't connect if we're not coming to the table as sovereign people. So one takeaway that you might adopt from all of this is to take an inventory of your ability to weather a storm. What have you put away? What can you contribute? How can you provide for yourself and anyone else that depends on you? I can tell you that it takes a lot of resources to provide. One person can't do it alone. It really takes a village. So if you have skills, uh, and I have skills, and someone else has resources, we're all going to be okay. If you have tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of people waiting for a food truck to come and supply a grocery store, we're all going to be hurting if that farmer or that truck driver can't make it. So we ought to learn how to contribute or save or both. Now, let's look at what's being hoarded. I've seen pictures on social media of hand sanitizer shelves that are empty. That's really puzzling to me. The science is at least 10 years old that being too clean is actually not a good thing. Hand, sanitizers, hand, ugh, hand sanitizers kill good and bad bacteria and viruses. Not to mention that they're loaded with chemicals that are not good for you or the environment. Cleaning supplies that sanitize everything from bathrooms to laundry and even uh, it, like lights all the stuff that kills things in the air. They kill good bacteria that are needed to colonize the gut and to give us strong, healthy immune systems. This is one reason why people have so many allergies today. We aren't exposed to germs that humans evolved with. They just aren't in our systems anymore. And I can hear your confusion from here, so let me back up, okay? So humans are full of parasites. If you look at your mouth, all the way down to your anus, that's a hollow tube that's full of bugs. So that's not even you. You're full of aliens. I'm full of aliens. 50% of us isn't even us. It's parasites. And some of these are dangerous ones that can um, only take from us and harm us in the process. Some are neutral. Uh, they neither help or hurt us. And some are actually beneficial. So they undergo metabolic processes that create enzymes that our bodies need to function. Or maybe they break things down for us that our bodies can't do without them. When those critters aren't inside of us, we don't function optimally because we evolved together. When we use products like antibacterial soaps and hand sanitizers, we may become too clean. And sterile is not a good environment for living organisms. 
97 to 99% of microbes are benign or beneficial. So killing them is not a good idea. We all need microbe diversity. A 2015 study that was published in Occupational and Environmental Medicine showed that households that cleaned with bleach had higher incidence of flu, tonsillitis, sinusitis, bronchitis, and pneumonia. Now what do we know about hospitals? They're sterile environments, right? And where do people get sick and die? In hospitals. That's the one place you don't want to be if you have a compromised immune system. And uh, another thing that we know, or some of us know if you're into natural living, is that vaginal birth is far healthier than cesarean birth because the baby needs those microbes that come from natural childbirth to colonize a healthy gut. And Amish people who farm using their hands while farming had less asthma than um, comparable kids who farm using tractors. Why? It's because they have their hands in the soil where those beneficial microbes live. So if you're hoarding hand sanitizer, Lysol, or antibacterial anything, many suggest that you wash your hands with soap and water. That's going to get you clean enough to avoid infection without sterilizing you. You also want to avoid using bleach, alcohol, and other sterilizers. Natural cleaners like baking soda and vinegar are going to be healthier in the long run unless you already have an infection. Speaking of infections, another thing that we routinely do is get an antibiotic when we're sick. First of all, if the infection is due to a virus, an antibiotic is not going to help. So you have to know what's causing the infection. And second, all infections are opportunistic. It's not the presence of germs that makes you sick. It's the overwhelming presence of germs, meaning that if your bad bugs are stronger than your good bugs, the bad ones may make you sick. So it's important to build an army of fighters. And you do that by living a natural life, like getting outside, breathing in clean air. Indoor air is polluted. I know we don't like being sweaty or cold, but it's good for you. Your body needs good stress. We call that you stress. You stress is like a workout. A body that's never stressed by walking uphill or downhill or stairs, um, a body that doesn't have to adjust to different temperatures, or that has a boost of activity and be it just becomes soft and weak inside. And the modern lifestyle promotes distress, not you stress. You need to walk upstairs. You need these sudden bursts of energy, and you need to breathe hard sometimes. And while you're outside, get your hands dirty. Microbes are in the soil. If you plant food, you're going to have the bonus of having organic, fresh food. It's healthier and has more life force than food that comes from another country. Another thing you can do to get cooties is to have a pet or live on a farm. Being close to animals might be dirty business, but it helps you to have healthy, diverse microbes. And humans are animals too. People with high-touch cultures get cooties from other people, and that's good. Just remember moderation. We want hygiene and cleanliness, but not sterile conditions. So you don't want to be funky. <laughs> I also mentioned being a producer. If you get quarantined, what can you offer yourself or others? You know, there is a medicine cabinet right outside your door. At least there is a potential for one. Most of us have at least a little spot of land or a place where we can put a potted plant or two. So what's your favorite tea? What's your go-to immune booster? Why not plant that? Learn about all the ways to cultivate it and use it. You know, just one local plant. If we all did that, our reliance on pharmaceuticals would reduce dramatically. You know, 
if there was one great outcome from all of this, I would love for it to be that, you know, that we learn how to provide for our own medicines. Lots of people are stocking up on echinacea and elderberry. Do you know how plentiful both of those are? It's so easy to grow both of them here. Dandelion too. It's almost dandelion season. And I hope you're saving those seeds and spreading them everywhere. Dandelion is a fabulous liver cleanser. And I tell this story a lot because I'm so impressed with it. But when we were in Peru, I was um, dragging due to the altitude. And our guide picked up some munya and told me to sniff it. Within a few minutes, I was feeling better. Now, I wasn't running a marathon, um, but I was definitely better. So every landscape has medicines. Every single one. If we don't mow them all down to create a lawn, they're there. We just need to learn what they are and how to use them. And many foods have medicinal value too. When we eat things that our gut has not evolved to digest because the foods come from other regions, we may not be doing ourselves any favors. If you look at Chinese food, they have different styles that are based on the regions. Each region uses what grows there. Modern people just eat whatever they want. Everything's available and we have the money to pay for it, so we just forget about nature and do whatever we want. But that's not how nature works. It has to be balanced. People are not great about doing this balance thing. You know, it's gardening time soon. The Farmer's Almanac says April 15th is planting day for a lot of us, so we still have time to plan. We can plant fruit trees, nut trees, strawberries, blueberry bushes, tomatoes, herbs, medicines, whatever you want. It really gets you closer to the earth. And if you don't have healthy soil, you can start creating soil. Plant mushrooms if you have shade. I did this last year, and it's already making a difference in the soil. There's new compost everywhere. It's helping with worms, mycelia, and microbes to enliven the soil so that things can flourish there. You can't just throw some fertilizer down and go. If you don't have good soil, you have to start by encouraging it and work with what you've got. If you look at the desert southwest, these people moved out to the desert and wanted lawns there. So they irrigated to make you know, the grass grow, and that's not what nature wants there. It can't support it. There's this thing in biology called a carrying capacity, and it refers to the number of things that the land, air, water, an environment can support without um, degradation. And Arizona can't support grass under any circumstances. It's a desert. Many seaside resorts can't support thousands of beach cottages or big hotels, and that's why they get washed away every 20 years or so by a big storm or a hurricane. Humans are just so full of yes I can and because I want to. And nature won't talk back, but she shows us who is boss eventually. If we just pay attention to begin with and work with her, we don't have these big wipeouts caused by storms, epidemics, or droughts, or like a volcano erupting. You know, if you build your house where a volcano flows, it's going to get knocked down at some point. You know, that's just kind of how it works. So we got to pay attention. Another thing that people are warning against with coronavirus is staying away from crowds. You know, was any human settlement ever meant to include hundreds of thousands of people or even millions? How many people are in your neighborhood or your housing unit? And I said before that being close to people is a good thing, but there is too much of a good thing. Crowding is distress, not eustress. And it's a health risk when there's something like coronavirus going around. So crowding with farm animals isn't great, you know. They're far more likely to get sick or have mood issues. There's a carrying capacity for a house. 
an acre of land or a prairie any space can only hold a certain amount of organisms and still be healthy and if you're adding fertilizer sunlight supplements or something outside of what that space produced you're artificially inflating the carrying capacity and something's going to have to give most likely your quality of life so think about that when deciding where to live now I live in the middle of nowhere I give up high-speed internet uber eats Netflix and a lot of other things but it's quiet the air is clean I can see the stars at night I sleep easy I can grow things in the earth there's no 5g here and no fluoride in my water so your life is up to you you can choose how you want to live you know we're bombarded with option and each option comes with a price if we all choose cleaner more natural options we're gonna have a cleaner more natural environment because it all comes down to supply and demand if the demand is there somebody's gonna supply it and you know that's the entrepreneurial spirit so what else are we hoarding um, toilet paper I get that nobody wants to be quarantined for weeks without toilet paper but is this something that you're willing to get into a fight over I heard a story about a woman who had something like six mega packs of toilet paper in her cart and, and she got into a fight with a woman when the two women reached for the last one and we have to remember that you know we're all part of the human race it's not a dog-eat-dog -dog world unless we make it that and is that who we want to be is that all it takes to descend into savagery you know, sovereignty is about being able to take care of yourself, your property, your responsibilities, and whoever else is in your care. Connection is about remembering that we're part of a community, a family, a settlement, a city, the human race, earth, the universe. And the safer you feel, the more trust you have, the bigger that you can feel your connection spreads out. We can't feel oneness if we're fighting over toilet paper. You can only feel oneness if you remember that we all need toilet paper. It sounds kind of funny, and I'm not trying to be funny. Just trying to help you remember your humanity and keep your sense of humor through all of this. It's easy to get caught up in hysteria. Another thing that can help with anxiety around this is trust. Hopefully you're a sovereign person and you trust in your own ability to provide for yourself and do what you need to do to get through. That's one way to trust. Another way to trust is to trust in the process of life. Everything that happens comes because of us. We collectively create our reality. So you might ask, what were we manifesting to create coronavirus? How does this benefit us? How can we learn from it? How can we grow to a more functional place from here? The coronavirus is purposeful. It has something to teach. Then it becomes a partner in our evolution of life, not something to fight or to fear. So let's move into it, embrace it. And I don't mean, oh, let me catch it. I don't want to catch it. <laughs> I mean more like, let me observe it. Let me move in relationship with it. So it's dangerous. We know this. It kills people. It's a virus. What does it want? Did you ask it? You know, modern animism is a path of direct revelation. So what does this mean? It means that we don't get our knowledge from a book or a prophet. God didn't choose someone as his agent, tell him all the goodies, and then we get those goodies or commandments through the agent. We can go directly to the source. We're always connected to everything else, so in essence, it's a part of us. So we can ask coronavirus, why is it here? What does it want? 
how can I stay safe? How can I appease you so that you go away? Or whatever you want to ask. And I'm always about asking for participation when you want to change from something or something else. I'd much rather do that than fight it or ignore it. So fighting is adversarial. It creates a winner and a loser. And sometimes that's necessary. But if we can walk away both happy, I prefer to do that. And ignoring it doesn't change anything, so I don't tend to do that. And if you confront and engage, that's a way of empowering yourself. So here I am in my full power and sovereignty, and you, coronavirus, are there with your full power and sovereignty. You can negotiate with it, seek to understand it, appeal to it, whatever you want. Just don't be a victim. Be a participant. Trust what comes through is what's meant for you to know. It's a reflection of your truth and understanding. If you want to heal the planet of Corona and feel compelled to do rituals for that, I would definitely engage with the virus as well as the people who have it. We created this. It's opportunistic. We created the conditions that allowed it to flourish. What do we need to do to make it less likely in the future? Or what do we need to do to have less harm from it? What can we do to protect ourselves? Those are great questions, you know? And you know, when you get to this place of helplessness, that's what spirituality is for. That's what the gods are for, to navigate the unknown. If you work with deities, you could appeal to them as well. Ask them for help or understanding. Is this the work of chaos? Is it about rebalancing? You know, I'd ask, what does it mean for you? How can you use this to better your life? Maybe it's even bigger than that for you. Maybe it's about how can I better humanity? You know, I don't know. I suggest that if it's going to change you, let it change you for the better in some way. Let it enhance your life. Start that garden. Get to know your neighbors. Work together. Let it deepen your connection with nature. If you talk to the microbes in the soil, they may feel more at home inside of you and help you to feel healthier. You know, so send love to your bugs. If you walk barefooted in the grass, it might feel like it can support more life. Vitality creates more life and more vitality. Sickness and anxiety create more sickness. So what do you want to manifest? Modern animism is reflected in everything. It's in the way you live, your thoughts, what you see outside your window. It's in everything. If we believe everything is alive and connected, then we're not powerless. We're part of it. So let's live in a way that creates this beautiful existence for everything, including coronavirus. If you want some natural suggestions on how to stay healthy and safe, and I said I would do that, so here you go. So keep in mind that these are generic. What may work really well for one person may not for another, so you need to know yourself. If you're allergic to something, obviously don't use it. And if you have a condition that says, oh, you can't take this herb, don't use it. Okay? So that's very general. I'm not giving you a prescription. I don't even know you. Just talking very generally. Okay? So, uh, Corona gets in the body through the nose. So... In dry, heated rooms like most of us are in at this time of year, there is a high likelihood of the nose being dried out. Same goes for when you're flying. So using a product like a saline nasal gel will keep the nose moist so that your body can defend itself. Just check the drugstore. There's many brands. Um, Zycam nasal swaps have zinc in them, and that really works well too, but they're not natural. And usually the saline nasal gels aren't all natural either, but check, you might be able to find something that is or more natural than others. And if you're flying, you might also want to try a product called Airborne. I think it was created by a school teacher who kept getting sick on planes. And uh, airplane air is really unhealthy. It's a cesspool of recycled germs, so you 
need to either use something like airborne or get a portable ozone generator to wear around your neck that purifies the air maybe you've seen people with those the ozone kills um, airborne germs so the air you breathe is cleaner and I got one of those during the SARS outbreak and thought it was great um, you can also try nasal red light therapy uh, I don't, there is a name for it I don't I don't know what it's called but you can find the, the little machines if you just kind of put in nasal red light therapy in Amazon or just Google and it's this machine that uses red light to increase blood flow in the nose and it does has like tons of healthy benefits but it also cleans out pathogens within the nose so it's great for allergy symptoms too it's totally drug-free no side effects all natural super quick it's about five minutes and you use it two to three times a day so you use it you get immediate uh, impact and then it kind of um, goes away through the day so it's like taking pills you know it lasts four to six hours something like that um, another thing that you could do is garlic you know it's a great all-over immune booster there is this recipe garlic soup on the, on the internet it, it'll say something like garlic soup for flu it'll knock it out it's got like a bazillion cloves of garlic in it it's super strong but it will help to boost your immune system or another thing you can do is just bake them uh, just bake whole cloves of garlic with uh, oil on them and then eat it on crackers and you're gonna get a boost in your immune system for that you can also use colloidal silver, black seed oil, olive leaf extract, oil of oregano, echinacea, which I mentioned before, elderberry syrup. Mulin is good for coughs, cold and flu, but with the corona, once it gets into your lungs, you're in for a rough ride. So I think you, you want to hit it before it gets into your lungs. Um, so I'd focus on other things like the ones that I, I mentioned before to all over immune boosters. And of course, washing your hands is good. Um, somebody told me that public bathrooms are running out of soap because now everyone's washing their hands. It kind of makes you wonder how many people weren't washing their hands before, right? Yuck. So um, I don't know. Maybe you want to carry some soap with you. There's lots of soap on the on the store shelves. I'm just not seeing the hand sanitizer. Zinc and vitamin C are good. If you like essential oils, I diffuse tea tree, eucalyptus, or thieves oil. I think with a little prevention and a lot of common sense, we can all get through this okay and maybe come out the other side a little wiser. So thank you all for tuning in. I know a lot of you are worried about coronavirus. I'm not making light of it or making fun of it. I really am not. I get how serious this is. I hope that I'm encouraging you to step out of fear, engage with life as it is, and step into your power. This will pass. There's a lot that you can do to make tomorrow better so that we don't have to be here again. If you want to join the conversation, check out our Facebook group. We're also on Instagram and Twitter if you prefer those platforms. You can send me an email at lauraatpantsasheidi.net. Tell me what you love and what you want more of. I'm Laura Giles. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.